I always forget this part. I always forget to put vibes in my head. Okay. I always gotta listen to some music. Okay. Man. Damian Lillard just went crazy. The Knicks are eliminated. LA is in full-blown panic mode. This is the all-NBA podcast called The Clinic Podcast. And here I am, Rosa Panza with JJ. JJ, what's up, man? My name is... What's up? First round of the playoffs. Gotta keep watching. We'll see what happens. We'll see what unfolds. For sure. I also have John. John, what's up, man? Yo, pretty depressed, but let's move. Let's get on with it. (laughs) I think, first of all, we need to talk about the historic night that happened with Blazers Nuggets. I mean, our man Damian Lillard with a 55-10-6 game. I mean, you guys were watching the game too, and none of us here are really like super diehard Blazer fans. I appreciate the Blazers. I I did a lot of growing up in Portland, Oregon. Um, But what did you guys think of this game? Like, just straight up, what did you think? John, I'll start with you, man. Game of the year. I thought that was the game of the year, and I honestly think that's going to be the game of the playoffs. Back and forth, back and forth. You had Jokic, the MVP most likely, and you had Dame Dollar, Dame Time. It was something, if you're a basketball fan, I don't care if you're a Portland fan, if if you're a Nuggets fan, that was a game Absolutely. for the ages. I mean, Dame yes, is just hitting ridiculous three after ridiculous three. You got Jokic hitting threes. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. hitting big time threes. It was just back and forth. And, you know, unfortunately, one team had to lose, and that was Portland. I did think that I wish Portland had more. Uh, I wish Dame had more uh, better supporting cast so that, you know, his talents don't go wasted out there in Portland. But. CJ McCollum, yeah, man, what are you? That's tampering from a. Lakers I know. Fan. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but CJ McCollum, <laughs> man, what are you doing? Stepping out of bounds That's with true. what? God, oh, my God. God. I know CJ you got to have your thoughts on that, but you cannot be doing that at the end of a crucial game. You have to know where you're standing. You know, you know where you're standing, and you don't got to push off that hard, man. This isn't the Olympics. You're not running a hundred meter dash. Damn. <laughs> but anyway, man. On all in all, <laughs> he did. He did oh, step back. Yeah, he did step back pretty far. If you watch the video. All in all, it was an amazing game, and hopefully we get more like that. Right. I mean, Jokic ended up with 38, 38, 9, and 11. That's that's incredible, too. JJ, what did you think of the game? I think I speak on behalf of Blazer Nation when I say that the Blazers need to apologize to Dame. Yeah. Like, it's just sad. And, you know, you can't help but when you look at NBA Twitter, you're on social media, and the narrative is the same, which is get Dame help. Look at look at his his squad; they're not helping him. And going back to what John said, like CJ McCollum, um, he he talks a lot, and like he should talk a lot, right? Like he's not afraid. Like when he called out LeBron, when you know baby, LeBron baby. during the the play in when he was on the floor, he called him out. He's right. called out KD. He you has his own pod, something? but it's like, all right, you want to be treated like a superstar. You want to get paid the big bucks. But then, I mean, in overtime, his man straight up schooled him. Yes, sir. Torched him. Morris had, what, 29 points, I want to say, last night? Oh, man. 
right? Um, yeah. And stats don't tell everything, and stats do tell everything. Last night, yeah. stats didn't tell the whole story. Like CJ McCollum, he goes, he has his man scoring him twice, three pointers, terrible closeout. It was the same thing that happened when Austin Rivers baptized him the other night, right? Yeah. With three straight uh, threes. Last night with Morris, his man opened threes, six points, right? But then what people don't also notice is that the playoffs is all about taking advantage of your possession. What did CJ do when the Blazers had the ball? Within eight seconds of the shot clock, he's pulling up at three, not even moving the ball, not even giving the ball to Dame to at least shift the defense, right? And like we talk about like playoff basketball where legends are made. Yes, sir. I mean, every basketball player, when you hear them talk, they know the ins and outs. When I say that, they know every inch, literally every inch. Ray Allen, corner three, Miami Heat versus the Spurs. John, do you remember that play? Yeah. Yep. Chris Bosh rebound, kick it it out to the corner for the three to tie the game. Game six. Ray Allen knew the geometry of the court. Everyone has explained that through and through all the legends. Yep. Like CJ, like those are the plays that you need to execute. This is not the regular season. That's what makes a great basketball team not just not just good, not just great, but you want to be championship level, not championship level basketball. Yeah. I mean, I 100% agree. I mean, Monte Morris uh, ended up with 20, 28 points that night, and he was shooting 44, 44% from three. But all of those threes seemed like warm-up threes because they were wide open. I mean, Damian Lill- I mean, CJ McCollum, when he was trying to, to double-team, it seemed like he really just put himself in no-man's land, not really doubling and not really being on the guy in the perimeter. Like, you got to choose one, man. Yes, like you got to choose what you're doing. He seemed very non-committal on these doubles and Monty Morris made him pay for it. Another thing like CJ, you can't be mad at all these podcasts and all these sportscasters that want to trade you. It's because of games like this where yes, Damian Lillard literally is doing everything he can to win this game and he just needs one other person to help him out. And you you look at CJ to be the other scorer because he's supposed to be that other dude, right? They kept him. They kept them despite all the trade talks, and he doesn't pull through, man. And it's it's awful for for Damian Lillard because, I mean, this guy he shot his stat line, his percentage stat line. It was a 70, 70, 90 game. What? Ridiculous. Not, not 50, 40, 90, which is a ridiculous shooting night, but a 70, 70, 90, and also hitting big shot after big shot. Like, I know John, you've watched a lot of Kobe. Were you getting those kind of vibes when you were watching that game? What? I was. I gotta. I gotta be honest. I mean, I. <laughs> no, no. I didn't. Blasphemy. No, it's not blasphemy. That was a long pause, bro. No, no. That was a long pause. No, <laughs> no. I was. I had. A, I had another thought. My first. My other thought was. I agree with everything you guys said about uh, CJ. I, my question for both of you is: Did you guys burn your CJ McCollum jerseys yet, or no? You still got them. <laughs> I never had stock in CJ There's to be a, honest. I, I've always wanted to trade him for someone defensive. No, I'm 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 playing. I, I agree. I think I think <laughs> CJ at best is the third option. And the fact 
I think you're seeing yeah. it. You've seen it this year, and you've seen it in years past. He cannot be the second option on a championship team. I think he's. I think he'd be a good third option, and that's where he should be. Or a sixth man. Yeah, or a sixth man. Right. I mean, I don't mind if you miss shots. It's it's the decision making that kills me. Like, yeah. dribble, 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 pick and roll, and then when you pick and roll, you're gonna do a long two. Yeah. Like a 27 foot two. Like what? What are you doing? At least step back. And then when he does a step back three, it's like a fade of fade away three. Yeah, I mean the crappy part about CJ McCollum is is all that like he's doing all that stuff when he's not in rhythm with the game. Like mm-hmm. it doesn't feel like it's a natural part of the game. It really feels like the Blazers will do something great, especially with Damian Lillard for like five straight plays. And then all of a sudden, CJ says, you know what I haven't done in a while? I feel like I haven't shot the ball. And then he'll just get himself a shot. And it's usually a bad shot in which he's trying to create space. And, you know, it's like live or die by these mid-range jumpers. And when it doesn't go in, like like last night, I mean, you cost the game. You cost the game, man. And, like... Multiple times. We're like- not even talking about how Yusuf Nurkic, like, fouled out of the game. We're not even talking about Roko missing two dunks. Oh my gosh. Or not even laying up the dunks. Like, you just need points. I don't know what he's doing. Yes, sir. But that's neither here or there. I think the blame, most of the blame goes on Damian Lillard's wingman, right? It has to be CJ McCollum. Yeah, and it's a shame. And I agree with what you guys are saying. Back to your point, June, about Dame. Because he was, in a losing effort, he still was the highlight of the game. And that's that speaks testament yeah. to, to how good he was, right? Right, the the Blazers lost, but we're still talking about Dame, Damian Lillard, and so is a, are a lot of people. So to, your, to answer your question, as a, as a longtime Laker fan and Kobe, obviously rest in peace. But I never thought of it when I was when I'm watching the games. But now that you brought it up, it actually does send some chills down my spine and give me a little bit of goosebumps because it is reminiscent of Kobe. It, the, the level of difficulty and the shot making that Damian Lillard his his ability to make crazy unbelievable difficult shots is up there with Kobe yeah I'm not saying he's, he's the same player as Kobe and I don't think I think a lot of people wouldn't say that but in terms of his shot making ability I gotta say it's close if not it's definitely comparable and Steph Curry's up there obviously there's only a few guys up there that can make the craziest shots that you think have absolutely no chance of going in so to answer your question I didn't think of it at the time, but I'm thinking about it now. Now that you brought up the question. Yeah. I, I want to conclude with this, which is... We we talked about Dame and this marvelous performance and how many people are thinking that it's gone to waste because they lost, right? Absolutely. And... Absolutely. I just can't, like... Yes, sir. You know, I just have to think that if Dame was kind of like... And I say this respectfully, if he was a bad teammate... Meaning that if he yelled at his teammates like what Kobe does, what Kobe did, what CP3 does, what Jordan did, like, yeah. know your role. Give me the ball, screen, rebound, and get the get out of my way. What? Yeah, I think I texted you guys after, after the first overtime was sent into second overtime that in this huddle, I was like, in, in this break, like... Damian Lillard better be in the huddle like Kobe Bryant. Like, everyone pass me the rock. Go get the rebound. That's all you have to do. Go get the rebound and give me the ball. 
because I think in the fourth quarter, I saw this stat later on, like after the broadcast, in the, in the two overtimes, Damian Lillard was six for eight. Oh. And the rest of the Blazers were one of 19. He literally what? got one bucket from everyone else. One, nine, one out of 19. 19. Unexcusable. Which Inexcusable. Is, inexcusable especially when you oh man i i just i feel completely awful for dame i hope he gets help because like i think he's an all-time talent that might be going to waste in portland because they can't find him help and it'd be so much more entertaining if he had help around him um do you guys want to talk about this game more is there anything else to say about it Nah, just that. No, Dame let's is... see what happens. Yeah, J- Dame is nasty. Let's see what happens in Game Six. Yeah, I think, I think what people <laughs> can say about this series, at least, is that this Game Five, Game Five, it's usually a deciding game, but nothing seems decided. I don't think anyone has control of this game, whether it be the Blazers or the Nuggets. So these next two games, it's still a toss-up. But moving on, I mean. The Knicks, guys. The Knicks just got eliminated today. We just watched this. John, what did you think of the the finale for the Knicks and Hawks? What a way, what a way to go out for the Knicks, man. I mean, I feel bad for the city. For I don't feel bad for Spike Lee. He's, you know, I like I like I like he got game, but Mars. I like he got game, but in a lot of his movies, but he's just he's yeah. a character out there, and I'm, he'll be fine. My. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I just feel bad for the city. I feel bad for the fans because it's been so long. They've had terrible ownership with Dolan. That scuffle with Charles Oakley and all this crap they've been going through for the past... I don't even know how long it's been since they've made the playoffs. It's got to be longer than 10 years. What? And, you know, you kind of feel bad for them. I I mean, they made the playoffs. This is their best year in a long time. But I expected something more competitive. I wasn't expecting the Hawks to win 4-1. to I was definitely expecting a closer game in a in, yeah. a, in, a, in an elimination game, which we didn't get. And my overall thoughts is that Trey Young is he's the real deal. I I think he's able to carry a team. He has a swagger. He has the talent. He does have his flaws defensively. He's a volume shooter, but he proved that he could carry yeah. his team to a, a playoff win in his playoff debut. On the other side, you got yes, the Knicks. Sir. You have Julius Randle, who had a hell of a year, most improved player. I think that he struggled in the playoffs. He struggled in this series, and he kind of rushed things. He didn't look composed. June, I know you're going to have thoughts on how they ran that offense, and I don't. And I think that's a part of it too. Thibs isn't known as an offensive-minded coach. They don't really run any set plays. They love to. They just give the ball to Randle and run run isolation. That's easy to defend. There's not ball movement. You're not moving without the ball. They're not. They're not you know moving from side to side so to me it's the Knicks kind of a lot of what they their own a lot of the what the reason why they lost was a lot of their own doing true and hopefully they learn from it hopefully they come back stronger I don't think they need to make too many moves maybe they just need experience and maybe Thibs needs to hire an offensive coach or yeah and definitely he's got to be step one I agree with that more offensive minded because their defense is legitimate I think they're top five in the league in defense rating yeah. So oh. Hawks pulled through, and we'll see them in the second round. But overall, it was kind of a, a disappointing series. I was expect I called it. I said seven games, and I was obviously very wrong about that. But 
you know, hopefully the Knicks come back stronger next year. But congratulations to the Hawks. Yeah, what did you think of the day, the, the game, Jay? I thought that they would try to at least fight back at Madison Square Garden, but that didn't happen. Um, right. You know, with the Knicks. I mean, they spat they spat on Trey Young. Sorry, that's not funny. <laughs> it's kind of funny, but I'm an I'm an I'm an a hole. So. Not funny. funny. Oh, COVID. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. With with the Knicks, uh, they have R.J. Barrett. They had they drafted Obi Toppin. So the last two years, in terms of draft picks, they're aiming for those guys to play well with uh, Julius Randle. Um, and that's the silver lining, right? They could only get better. It's what the New Yorkers and Knicks fans are thinking. Holla, holla. Um, yeah. But my butt is it's the Knicks and the fears that they'll be that those uh, playoff teams that they experience once. You have, you know, all this hope and then all of a sudden you won't see them for a couple of years again. Which happens, especially for Eastern Conference teams. Right. You know, and their roster. Um, I know, John, you said they may not make any moves or they may not need to make any moves. I would still like them to attract a superstar. And another silver lining, like just by having New York in your name, in your destination, your location, you're automatically going to attract the biggest stars, even though if you haven't made the playoffs for Hold two up. decades. Unless your name right. is unless your name is Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. I, I think the Knicks. I think the Knicks are sort of in trouble, man. Because like I don't, I'm not a believer in Julius Randle. What we saw from him in last season, it's a great story. He's the most improved player. I don't think that. His production is going to be sustainable. And if they don't attract, like you said, JJ, um, a top talent, I don't see that team really going anywhere. It might be another case of like Lynn Sanity, dude, except this is with Julius Randle, where they they were hot at one point and and now they have to quickly find a way to, to kind of remix this roster because whatever they have, I don't know if that's really going to take them to the top. I think this might be the ceiling for them, first round exits. Uh, but it was a great story, man. I mean, watching the garden just completely full, going wild, has to be one of the greatest like feelings watching basketball in general. I mean, one of our favorite 30 for 30s, I'm sure all of us, is winning time, right? Just because it has stories from the garden, you know, and that relationship, that that love-hate relationship with Reggie Miller and you saw you saw kind of glimpses of that with Trey Young and I just hope that the Knicks can find a way to make the Knicks or the NBA finds a way to to make the Knicks like relevant for the foreseeable future I just don't think that it's going to be with this roster do you guys do you guys agree with that or what do you guys think you guys made good points. I, I just think that it's still too early to, to determine that just because Julius Randle's in his first playoffs and I know Trey Young is, but Trey Young is is on that level with maybe not the same level, but he's up there. He's he has superstar status. 
And come on, he has his own shoe, right? He has his own shoe now with Adidas. You get that? That's yeah. got to say something. Yeah, but I just think that I think it's too early to say if the Knicks get bounced again in, in the next, you know, they make the playoffs, they get bounced again in the first round. Then I think you have a valid argument. But I think just one year isn't for me. It's not a big enough sample size, but you guys make good points. So we'll see what happens. I'm about I'm all about behavior and patterns. The Knicks haven't established any pattern of winning. Dolan yeah. is considered the worst GM. I'm there too. Or worst owner. So prove yeah. it, prove me wrong. Prove me wrong, Knicks. Or not even the Knicks. Prove me wrong, Dolan. Yeah, I I 100% agree. I mean, let's go to the next topic. It's it's Lakers Suns. Baby, baby. Laker fans are freaking out. I'm kind of freaking out with them. I John. think we should hear from John first. <laughs> John, you would start with me. John, you would start with me. I mean, we're we're three two, man. We're down three two. We are three two. We are down to the Phoenix Suns, and I'm shot. I'm a little surprised. I'll be honest with you. I'm not gonna sit here and say, uh, Lakers in seven," because as much as I want to say that, I have concerns. What? And I would not be surprised if the Lakers go home in Game Six. But my gut's telling me that they're going to win game six. They're going to come through. And then game seven's a toss-up. But my concerns lie in, obviously, not just Anthony Davis's health. KCP got hurt. And then he got re-hurt in game five. And our team cannot shoot. They cannot shoot a lick. They're shooting 20-something percent from three. And that (laughs) is going to give you a loss almost every single time. Phoenix is a good team. They're young. They're hungry. They got Devin Booker, rising star. CP3, even though he's somewhat allegedly not 100%, he's still playing, he's still distributing. And then you got DeAndre Ayton, who honestly surprising me. I didn't think he he played like this. I didn't think he was this skilled as a big man. Maybe I didn't watch him close enough in the in the regular season. But the Suns are a legitimate team. And Cameron and Cameron Payne, that mother effer. Sorry, excuse my language. <laughs> he is absolutely killing us, and I did not expect that. Yes, sir. Um, so I'm concerned. I don't think anyone did. No, I, yeah, I'm concerned. I, I, I hope the Lakers win. But at the end of the day, um, you know, we'll live with the results. And hopefully LeBron can carry us to a game six win and we'll go from there. And we'll see if AD plays. There's talks about him playing, but we don't know. So I'm cautiously, yeah, cautiously optimistic. I was depressed for about 24, 36 to 36 hours. But I'm okay now. Until tomorrow, we'll see what happens. Yeah, JJ, what did you think of this game, man? I mean, we've always said that LeBron could carry his team, right? Teams. But Schroeder can't go 0 for 9. Yeah. You're rejecting a $84 million contract? Thinking that you're the next... Stephen Curry or Derrick Rose or <laughs> whoever you want to or something, something whatever is right? worth 100 mil yeah the reason like, I didn't you can't the reason I didn't bring that up is because I tried to erase it from my memory thanks Jay for again for the, <laughs> thanks again for the, uh, oh, the painful I, memories I appreciate oh it oh my yeah. goodness I, I know you you need to go to bed tonight so I wanted to send you off crying <laughs> <laughs> I think that I don't know man I'm I'm freaking out for the Lakers because now that AD's gone, like like I never thought I would I would think this, but you guys are really missing like KCP's minutes, man. Like it's really hurting. Like it actually hurts. And that's not someone that I would have expected to think 
would be like an important role. Like if if our thought is KCP needs to come back <laughs> so that it could help with scoring, like this team's in trouble. This team's in trouble, man. And like Kyle Kuzma, all of a sudden his minutes are like really important. I don't know. I don't know if I could rely on those guys, man. And I feel like LeBron James. This game, I I actually had to rewatch the first the first two quarters because it was just so uninteresting. When I was first watching it, I barely paid attention. But when I paid close attention, it seemed like LeBron James was pretty passive, almost as if he was like, "What am I gonna get from my teammates here?" And once he found out that he wasn't gonna get much. I think they pretty much just threw in the towel. Do you guys feel that way too? I, when I watched it, I felt that like they knew the game was over. Like once the first quarter was up. What? The second quarter unit. Oh, sorry. Se- second quarter. Second quarter. Yeah, the second quarter unit was when uh, the lead became really ridiculous, and that that's that's when coaches need to realize what rotations. Are necessary and adapt to the opposing team. Yeah. John, do you think Vogel is a little overrated? Like what Snoop said, like he can't coach for Jack. I think Vogel is a good defensive coach. I think he has his flaws offensively, and it's showing clearly in this series. Yes, sir. And it was kind of brushed over last year too, but we had our struggles offensively. the The thing about last year in the bubble is that we were making a lot of threes. And we're not shooting it well now, and they're not really running. Their half the half court offense is pretty bad, and I don't know if that's a lack of shooters. It could be. LeBron always historically has worked well with shooters around him, three to four, where he drives and dishes. LeBron isn't a hundred percent, so I think that has that plays a part of it. Here come the Laker excuses. Don't worry, they're they're coming. If oh, you yeah. thought they weren't coming, they're coming. <laughs> yeah. The. No, LeBron's not 100%. AD's hurt. But but this is something I said in, in last episode is continuity. And I think that's underrated. And I think when when guys get injured, and don't get me wrong, I'm not, I'm not blaming injuries. Injuries are a part of the game. They happen. It's more about the continuity of the, the guys that you're playing with, the lineups that you have out on right. the floor. People are in different positions. They're not used to playing with guys next to them. And I think that's really showing in this series. And with LeBron and AD out for two or three months of the regular season, we really didn't get a chance to... That continuity was was just destroyed, to be completely honest with you. And there's no excuses on this on from me. It's That's a part of the game. Every team experiences injuries. You got to deal with it. I think... To make it out every year, you got to be good. You have to be healthy. I mean, you have to be great. You have to, um, you know, have what it takes men- mentally. And you also have to have a little bit of luck when it comes to injuries, you know. And so every team experiences that. It sucks, but we're not out of it yet. I'm not going to bash any Lakers. I know Schroeder went 0 for 9. I was secretly bashing him in text messages, but I won't do it here on this podcast. <laughs> And did you say that Snoop had something to say about Greg Vogel? Oh, Frank Vogel. Frank Vogel. That's okay. I understand why you wouldn't get his name right. He's not very memorable. (laughs) What was the quote on that? What was the quote on Snoop? It was a bunch of expletives. You wanted me to repeat it here on the uh, on the pod? (laughs) No, no, it's all right. It's all right. Never mind. No, I think he just I think he just said that. Oh, 
He said that the Clippers are better than the Lakers. We are soft. Something along those lines. Yeah, that's to me that's kind of whack. I mean, come on. At least wait for the series to be over. And if you want to bash them then, then by all means, go for it. But yeah, man. As a Laker fan, it's tough to see, but you can't win them all. So either either we put up or shut up tomorrow, game six. We win or we go home. And I will stay off social media. I probably won't even be on this podcast. This might be my last, and I will never talk to you guys again. But other than that, looking forward to game six. Adam Silver's nightmares coming true. It's like the Warriors out of the playoffs. I know. Lakers potentially out. The Knicks are out. The Knicks are out. The Sixers with Embiid is injured, you know? That's true, man. Yeah, that, that, that is absolutely true. I mean... This, if there's any year that we're going to have like the Utah Jazz versus Brooklyn, I think it might be this year, right? What if it's Utah Jazz versus uh, the Bucks? Versus the Bucks? Oh my goodness, dude. I, man, that would be the worst ratings like ever. John, when since since Snoop Dogg said that the Clippers are better than the Lakers, when Snoop Dogg enters the building, does he get booed? Does he get a boot? Does he get booed in Staples? No, he doesn't get booed because the Laker, the Laker fans, <laughs> the Hollywood elite, they probably won't even. They'll just they'll say what up to him as if they see him every day. They won't even. They're not. They're not the the he's typical. Too likeable, he's right? too likable. Right? They're not gonna boo him. Yeah. Okay. They're not gonna boo him because they don't want to get they don't want to get criticized and ragged on on social media. You know. You know. As soon as you dog on Snoop, he's gonna dog you right back. He's gonna. During the game, he's going to put up a Twitter post. He'll take your picture secretly and say, look at this schmuck and put it on his own Twitter. <laughs> so you did to Eminem. Right. Nah, they won't dog on him. All right, man. Well, I'm going to give uh, the Sun some props, though, because, like, Devin Booker, was, ab- was he was an animal that game. Absolute animal. Let's see. 30 points, 5 assists, 7 rebounds, shooting 50, 30, 100. I mean, we'll see what that series, how that series unfolds so far. I've been absolutely wrong on every single series. <laughs> I've been horrible at predicting. I know you're watching this Dallas Clipper game as it's going on live, but it's not over yet, June. It's not over yet. Still got time. Oh, yeah, that's good. That's good. I don't even remember who I picked. <laughs> you picked the Clippers. Oh, God. It's all right. Well, let's, let's, let's hope it pans out. Anyway, you know, that's, that's it for our pod tonight. Um, of course, I'm I'm Ro. JJ, thank you for being on. Thank you for listening. John, thank you for being on, man. Of course. See you next time. The Clinic All NBA Podcast. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts.